There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the podcast. This is our Wednesday edition of the podcast. And we are going to continue where we left off yesterday. And that is going to be in Matthew chapter 24. And I'm going to start reading verse 14. Again, we're dealing with end times. We're dealing with prophecy, which is not concerning the imminent return of Jesus Christ in the air, but it's returning of Jesus Christ to this earth. Well, he will be crowned king. He will be king of kings and lord of lords, and men will see him as such. And that is a twofold doctrine. You listen to yesterday's podcast. If you're confused about that, struggling with that, we're going to continue to press on here in Matthew 24. And verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. So they will be without excuse. That gospel is going to be preached unto all nations. The word of God tells us that. That means men will have no excuse why they've rejected Christ, no excuse why they die and go to hell, because the gospel will be preached unto all nations. Now, there are some that say, well, that means the gospel has not been preached to all nations. I would tremble at that because I don't know of a nation that has not had the gospel preached to them in this day in which we live. But what he's speaking of now is in a time when the church is gone. The saints of God have departed. The tombs of the saints of God are empty. They have bodily resurrected out of the grave. Those on earth that knew Jesus Christ had the witness of God through the person of the Holy Ghost. Then my friend, they are gone. They are departed. And God raises up a righteous seed of Israel to preach. Virgins. 12,000 of each tribe. God knows if they're on earth today. God knows where they are. God knows who they are. And God is going to raise them up to preach to these nations. There is opportunity for these nations to repent. When that preaching is done, then shall the end come. They also, God has raised up those two olive trees that are going to preach in Jerusalem this great gospel of Jesus Christ. And then the end shall come. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, Spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, that's parenthesized, let him understand. Now, the book of Daniel, Jesus Christ references here because it's important to understand end times prophecy through the abomination of desolation that Daniel speaks of. The word of God speaks of that. We see it in Daniel chapter 7. You need to understand Daniel chapter 7. That Ancient of Days comes, and we know who the Ancient of Days is in the person of Jesus Christ. Uh, It goes on down to chapter 8 some, and it goes on and it goes into chapter 9, chapter 10. We see that, that abomination that comes upon this earth, those 70 weeks that are determined in the book of Daniel. All of those prophetic. We need to understand the book of Daniel to preach this further. And I don't have time to put this on hold to preach the book of Daniel. One of the hardest books in the Bible to understand until you can put it together with Ezekiel. You can put it together with Jeremiah. 
put together with some of the other prophets, put together with what Jesus Christ speaks of here. And then ultimately, the book of Revelation straightens out the rest. Amen. And once you put those pieces together, you have no trouble believing what Daniel is speaking of. Daniel is a great prophet of God. He sees these things. Therefore, take the book of Daniel and to study these things. And the word of God tells you in parentheses, whoso readeth, let him understand. Make sure that you have understanding. Make sure the Holy Ghost gives you wisdom concerning the book of Daniel. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. So when you see the in nigh, flee. Run, Israel. Run, house of Judah. Run, people of God. Don't look back. Don't be like Lot's wife. Flee to the hills. Woe to them that give suck to that child. Why? Death is going to be upon them. He said they give suck in those days, but pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. Those are the two great things. Winter will destroy you. The Sabbath day spiritually will. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. It is a time of Jacob's trouble. That's why Judea, he tells him to flee. He tells them to run. Why? There's going to be great tribulation. Never before has this been seen. We are not in great tribulation. And you hear the woe is me crowd, and they act like we're in great tribulation. You read the book of Revelation, and I said this yesterday, I'll say this again. We got it pretty good today. We probably have more peace in the church, not, not strife, not contention. I'm talking about with the government, with authority. We have more peace in the church in the United States than we've probably ever had in, in the history of the world. The, the, the church is so powerless today, the government just leaves them alone. Now, in Canada, I know they were locking people up for times of COVID. They were trying to shut churches down here in the U.S. by fining them. But they weren't coming in with swords and with whips and abusing God's people. We have it good today. But you hear the woe is me crowd. We're in great tribulation today. I don't think so, friend. We have no idea what it means to be in great tribulation. And to God be the glory. I want to thank the Lord for that. Great tribulation is this in verse 22. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shorted. God is going to be merciful to those that have fled, those that have gone to the mountains, those that have believed the word of God, have believed the words of Christ, and have fled to the hills. God is going to be merciful to them, and he is going to cut those days short. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. What? They're going to rise from the dead. We see that his deadly wound is healed. We see the beast come to power. We see the false prophet come to power. We see that in the word of God. We see Satan in all his heyday. We see that dragon in heaven. And he's going to be cast out, but we see his power upon earth. He's the prince of the power of the air. We're going to see that perform. All of these things are going to take place. Don't be deceived. Don't be fooled by this. He's telling you this. He said so much were possible, the very elect would be deceived. But you know why the very elect are not deceived? Because they have the word of God. That's why they will not be deceived. And you know why folks today won't be deceived? Because they have the word of God. Do you know why folks are deceived today? They do not believe the word of God. Why are there heresies? They don't believe the word of God. 
And there are men that say, well, we don't agree with that, and I don't agree with this. And, you know, we're both preaching pretty much the same thing. But, you know, when you realize when a man is preaching something that damns somebody's soul, we're not preaching the same thing. Had an LDS uh, missionary who I worked with several years back, but probably 20 years ago, and I remember him saying to me, he goes, well, we're all Christians here. And he said, we're all preaching the gospel. And at that time, I didn't have the knowledge to refute him, so I kept my mouth shut. I knew he wasn't preaching the same gospel. I didn't have the biblical knowledge to refute what he was saying at that point. But I realized that's where most people are. They were all preaching the same gospel. When that man of sin comes, they'll say, oh, he's preaching the gospel. When that, that false prophet comes, they'll say, oh, he's preaching the gospel. The pressure will be on. That New Age Bible movement that's in the world today, this modern contemporary movement today, people say, oh, it's, it's the gospel. It's the truth. It's the witness of God. And yet they have no idea what the true gospel is. You change the words of Christ, you change the gospel of Christ. You change who Jesus Christ is. Men today are worshiping that man of sin, calling him Christ. And, and Jesus Christ is still ready to come back in the air. And they haven't even made it to the tribulation yet. They're already worshiping false Christ. They're worshiping a lie, being offended by the words which I speak today. Behold, I have told you before, wherefore if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. And so he tells you prophetically and Christ has never done anything in secret. Isn't that amazing? The cults do, but Jesus Christ never has. They accuse churches of being cults because they dress a certain way or try to act a certain way or try to live a certain way. Hopefully it's not an act. Hopefully it's in their hearts too. Hopefully we learned enough from the woe of the scribes and the Pharisees. And they're not acting, hopefully. But they say, oh, they're a cult. They're a cult. They're a cult. But you know, the reality is the cults do things in secret. Everything's on the hush. Jesus Christ has never operated in secret. Jesus Christ has never done things on the, on the sly. He's always been an open savior. It's always been an open book. It's always been open prophecy. It's always been open word of God. He has never done anything in secret. And so when he comes in the air, it's not going to be secret. He's going to come in the air. He's going to call the saints of God. Now, I personally believe, and you don't have to agree with this. I'm not going to bother me if you don't agree. I believe when he comes in the air, he sends that strong delusion. Those that are left behind will receive a strong delusion. They'll believe a lie. That delusion's from God. I believe only the saints of God are going to see him in the air. I don't believe anybody else is going to see him. But when he comes to this earth that second time, puts his feet upon this earth, my friend, the whole world is going to see him. The whole world's going to know he's the Christ. He doesn't come in secret. And so he said, they say he's in the desert, go not forth. Why? He's not a secret savior. They say, go not into the, into the, the secret place of chambers. No, don't believe that either because he's not a secret. He is going to come openly. He's going to come fearlessly. He's going to come with boldness and with great power. He's going to come with all the power of the forces of heaven behind him. And my friend, he's going to be riding upon that horse. Thank God for that horse. Faithful and true. The word of God. King of kings, Lord and lords. My, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the Lord that's going to come openly. He's going to come not in a hidden place, but in an open place. Immediately, verse 29, after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the son of man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. They shall see the son of man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And I like what he says. They're going to see the sign of the Son of Man. 
What is that sign? Now you can wrestle and you can debate and you can struggle with that. It's going to be holiness. And that's going to be the sign of the Son of Man. When all these things are destroyed and heaven and earth is right on the brink and all of a sudden holiness is going to appear, justness is going to appear, righteousness is going to appear, that sign of Jesus Christ. I have some more thoughts now that I can't get into on this podcast. You'd overthrow some possibly, including myself. And they say, our tribes of the earth shall mourn. Why? They'll see the Son of Man come in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. They're going to see these things. It's going to be public. He's going to come on that white horse. All the world's going to see him. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. By the way, that is that great reward of the kingdom of God. If we suffer with him now, we'll also reign with him. That's why he gathers his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. All the elect will come. He's going to bring all of those to himself. And if we've suffered with him, we'll reign with him. That's what the apostles asked him to sit on his, on his uh, hand. And he said, well, it's not for me to give my father, which is in heaven. The rewards will be given to the father. He goes on, then it says, he shall send his angel with a great sound of a trumpet that shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. He tells you these things you can know. Know the parable of the fig tree. That's how you know Christ is going to come. That's how you know Christ is going to return. And so likewise ye, when you shall see all these things that we've spoken of today and yesterday, know that it is very near, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. And those verse 35, and he closes with this, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. What a glorious promise. What a wonderful promise. So all these things will come to pass. We'll close this out tomorrow and possibly go to chapter 25, but all these things are going to come to pass. We'll see them come. We'll see them go. He said, listen, my friend, don't be deceived by this. Don't get thrown off by this. Don't be confused by this. He said, when you see these things, know that it is near even at the doors. We're at that place today where the imminent return of Jesus Christ in the air is about to take place. There is nothing that needs to be fulfilled for Jesus Christ to return to this earth. More so than that, there's nothing that needs to be fulfilled for him to return in the air. And my friend, he must come in the air before he comes back to this earth. He must come in the air and take the saints of God with him. And then he's going to unleash the tribulation upon this earth. That trouble is going to be violent. That trouble is going to be horrible. That trouble, he said, except he shortened those days for the sake of the elect, all flesh would perish. But God in his mercy shortens those days. Thank God he does shorten those days. But are you looking for the coming of Jesus Christ? You know, there is a reward for that. There is a crown for those that are looking for his coming, those longing to see him. Are you looking for his coming? Are you caught up in the affairs of this life, caught up in the affairs going on around you, caught up in the things of this world, rather than longing for his return? Have a great day. Lord willing, we'll be back on here tomorrow. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy.
You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption called night. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed.